this Sunday in our calendar season is kind of a liminal space. That's a popular term. I don't know if you've heard it recently, but it's a space in between destinations. Sometimes that is a hallway, other times it's a staircase, but it is a, an area specifically designed to get you from one destination to another. And so it gets us from the summer into the fall season. And I know most of you have already had your fall school schedules kick off, but here on this holiday weekend, I hope that we can take time, pause, take a breath, and allow God to breathe and move and speak to us in this liminal space. Have you ever heard the phrase, I'm living my best life? Anybody? Not a hand. Okay, there you go. Yeah, y'all have heard this phrase before. It's gotten pretty popular in our culture. Originally, when it began to get popular, it meant I'm living the best life I possibly can. I am living into my potential. I'm succeeding. I'm proud of everything I'm doing. But now it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Have y'all noticed that shift in the way we use I'm living my best life? Maybe you would post it on social media if you are avoiding responsibilities and instead just kicking back and watching some TV, living my best life. I used it this past Wednesday night as I got some soft serve ice cream and loaded it up with too many Oreo toppings. I said, I'm living my best life. It allows you to get away with some things. And maybe on Labor Day Sunday you're, and Labor Day tomorrow, you are planning on living your best life, relaxing, not working. That might be spending some time alone. It might mean being up at the lake with friends or family. But as I thought about how we would be living our best life this weekend, I wondered, what does that mean for us as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ? So I want to turn to our gospel passage for the morning. It comes from Luke chapter 9, 23 through 27. I'm going to invite you to stand in honor of reading the gospel. Then Jesus said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I ask that your breath would blow through this place, that we would experience your spirit in these moments. We would draw near to you and hear how to follow you more closely and love one another better. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. What we just read is a pretty well-known Bible verse. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that those of you who are here and I recognize Pretty much everybody in this room, I know y'all are pretty good followers of Jesus. You're at church, at Northside Church on Labor Day Sunday. And so you are probably familiar with this passage of Scripture where Jesus gives us what I think is a template 
for discipleship. It is the path of discipleship, a way that we can live out our faith. It is to deny ourselves. It is to take up the cross daily, and it is to follow Jesus. This is the call. But Jesus also tells us the cost, and it is costly. But Jesus begins by saying, whoever wants to follow me, to be my disciple. And so while we're taking a breath this weekend, I want to ask you, when was the last time you wondered, do I really want to be a disciple? Do I really want to follow Jesus? It's a serious question. The obvious answer, and I hope your answer, is yes. And so he goes on to explain what that would take. But the tension of being a disciple is that the cost is high. It requires a lot of us. It requires some sacrifice on our part. And we live in an individualistic society. We live in a place where we put ourselves first, where we think not only for ourselves, but about ourselves most of the time. If I do what's best for me, if everybody does it, that's going to be best for everyone. But the call of the Christian life is not to think uh, for, about ourselves first, but instead to proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that we think about Jesus as Lord first. And it's fine to think for ourselves, but sometimes we get in trouble when we think only about ourselves. And so this call to discipleship requires that we put Jesus first, and we sometimes deny ourselves. If we are going to follow Jesus, if we are going to answer yes to the question, do you want to be a disciple? Then Jesus says we have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross daily, and follow him. It is a high cost, but it is a simple process. Easy enough to understand, right? If we are going to deny ourselves, it means that we're going to make sacrifices. Not just that we are going to refrain from being self-indulgent, but that we are going to intentionally make decisions to love sacrificially for others. We watched that bumper video before I began speaking this morning, and it was the act of a runner over and over again choosing to deny himself to run up a hill, do something that was not going to pay off in the short run because he knew it would pay off in the long run. Denying ourselves is the regular practice of making self-sacrificially loving acts. Now, I want to offer a word of caution here. Denying self can get a little bit tricky because Jesus calls us to love God and love others as ourself, which implied is that we need to love ourselves. So what does it mean to love ourselves and deny ourselves at the same time? It's a little bit tricky there. But denying ourselves is not necessarily just a masochistic practice. It doesn't mean that we are just trying to inflict pain on ourselves. But rather, denying ourselves is thinking about ourselves less. It means uh, that we are emptying ourselves 
so that we can be filled with something else. That we aren't Lord of our own lives, but Jesus is Lord of our life. People take this idea sometimes of denying themselves too far. If they are not the person in power, if they are a person on the margins, that's not who Jesus is calling to deny themselves. Over and over again in his ministry, Jesus wants to ensure that those people with less power, the widow, the orphan, in his context, were, um, were not the ones who were having to sacrifice in the scenario. Denying ourselves is a call from Jesus that looks different depending on where we are in our life. And so if you are in a position of power, that is who he's calling for you to deny yourself. First, we deny ourselves. Second, we take up our cross daily. And I love the way Luke includes that word daily. Because this passage where Jesus says this, it shows up in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All the synoptic gospels. But only Luke includes the word daily. Because this task of following Jesus is a decision that needs to be made day in and day out. And picking up our cross, implied in there, is some kind of sacrifice. We sacrifice the values of the world around us. And we pick up these kingdom values of loving God, loving others. Taking up our cross daily is about filling up what was empty. If we emptied ourselves when we denied ourselves, then when we pick up our cross, we are filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit, with the power of God each and every morning. It is a way that we attune our hearts and our minds to aligning with God's kingdom. Finally, Jesus calls us to follow. We've denied ourselves. We've picked up our cross daily and we followed. Interestingly, those first two things, when you go back to the original language, they were in a tense that said, you did it and it was completed in the past. Those were decisions, they were made, and you move on from it. But the third, following Jesus, is an ongoing process. Because the path of discipleship is one that requires persistence. The path of discipleship requires persistence. The chapter before we read this passage from Luke 9, Jesus tells us the parable of the sower. Do you know the parable of the sower? It talks about different types of soil. And Jesus says the the word of God is like a seed that's been scattered by the farmer. It first lands on a path. It quickly gets trampled or picked up by the birds. Some other seed lies on rocky ground. And the roots grow but quickly hit the rocks and wither away. A third type of seed lands, or a third type of soil, is the thorny soil. The seed lands there but is quickly choked away. Finally, the seed lands on the fertile soil. The roots grow deep, and the harvest is great. It's the persistence that allows the seed 
to grow. The seed that fell on the path are like those of us who, who hear the word of God but immediately reject it. That's not those of you in this room. I think you can breathe a sigh of relief. You got past the first type of soil. The second type, the rocky ground. The roots begin to go deep, but life gets busy. Things get in the way. Something else becomes more important than your relationship with God. And the roots don't begin to grow, and the plant dies The thorny soil, the roots begin to grow, but the thorns choke it away. The other things of life look more enticing than following Jesus. You make a conscious decision to choose things of this world instead of following Christ. Or, you're the good soil. The seed is allowed to grow. You participate in the means of grace. You follow this pathway of discipleship by denying yourself by picking up the cross and following with persistence do you really want to be a disciple because if you cultivate this habit of denying yourself picking up the cross daily following jesus what new tasks are you really going to pick up I want to encourage you this next week, maybe even beyond this next week, to make this template for discipleship part of your personal prayer life. I want to encourage you, in whatever time you decide to pray at home, at work, to ask God that you would deny yourself, that you take up your cross and follow. What would that change? What would that change in your life, in your home? Would it change anything in the schools? Would it change anything here at this church? Maybe God will speak to us as we take that time. Maybe God will call you to do something new. What would that practice be in your life? I can tell you, we have plenty of needs here at the church. Maybe you can help out on Sunday morning. Maybe you'll be a Sunday servant or work with production. Maybe you'll teach a children's Sunday school class. Maybe you'll be here throughout the week serving at Wednesday night dinner. Maybe you'll join a new Bible study in the new school year. Where is God calling you? What does it look like for you to live your best life? as a follower of Jesus. I loved how Jesus used the phrase, what does it, uh, I want to get it right. You don't want to mess up what Jesus said. What does it profit a man to gain the world, but sacrifice their own soul? That idea of gaining the world sounds a lot like living our best life, but not at the expense of our soul. The point is that to have all the things of the world doesn't truly nourish our soul. We need God to do that. If we're truly going to live our best life, then it means we have to be as faithful as disciples as possible. And every time in the Bible that Jesus 
talks about what this best life looks like. There's the idea of a table involved. Sometimes it's a table at the end of the parable, like a wedding banquet. Other times, the Bible talks in Revelation about a heavenly banquet. But that's what truly nourishes our soul. It's communing with God. It's about growing closer to one another. And our true best life begins and ends around the table with Jesus. Would you pray with me? Holy God, I thank you for this time and this place. A space where we can hear your call. A time when we can listen and empty ourselves so that we might be filled with your spirit. God, I ask that you would work in our hearts, that we would choose you this day and every day. That we would be persistent in following you, that we would be the good soil you call us to be. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.